You already know what time it is. We are back with a surprise live episode of the Educated Ignorance podcast. Um, I don't. I can't do the enough bullshit. Let's get real on the intro because that's for like the elite eight. Well, I guess we'll do it later, but that's for the Sinister Six pod. But regardless, we are here. My man Nick Brinks is here. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. If anyone is alive still and watching, it is near the end of this Monday night game. We're not going to talk much about it. Spoiler alert. But regardless, we're going to talk about all things uh, NFL in week 11. Nick, I thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Welcome Good on. To be here. Good to be here. Happy to happy to assist tonight. Even if it, people aren't going to watch live, this will get posted on you know, this will be still on Facebook. This will be on Spotify where, you know, wherever you get your podcasts on Tuesday, we're just doing this little fun stuff tonight. Um, this is my way of making up for yesterday. Uh, I was going to record last night and then I got to the end of the Sunday night game and all of a sudden I got a nasty headache. So I sat down, took a shower Played a couple games of Shoot House on COD, and I was like, nope, we are done for the day, folks. So we wrapped it up, we went to bed, and we are we got through today pretty good, and now we're here. So we're going to talk, like we said, all things NFL. Um, we're going to do the Elite Eight. Nick is even contributing to the Elite Eight cause this week. I don't know if DJ, I don't know if DJ's got it in the budget to give you your own Elite Eight graphic, but <laughs> we'll see. Um so we'll compare and contrast. We're going to talk um, two of the marquee games in my mind from yesterday, or at least the ones with the most talking points to start, which we're going to – one of them will be Eagles-Colts. We'll have that in a moment. We're going to break down the crazy wide-open wild card race. And then we are going to give – you know, we did this last year, about this time of year. I had all the guys on. We did uh, kind of our playoff predictions, the one through seven seed. Everyone now is pretty much over uh, just a game over halfway. So we Nick and I are going to give our playoff seeding predictions for what we think will be the seeding going into the playoffs. Um, so with all further ado, let's without further ado, let's start from last night's Sunday night game. It was everything we could have hoped for. Everything it normally is when the Chiefs and Chargers play each other. Um, the thing now, Nick, is the Chiefs are just inevitable. I said this to, to DJ last night. I said this to my friends. They have currently, they have the best quarterback. They have the best tight end. They have the best coach. And they might have the best defensive player. Because when that when they needed the stops, two plays on that last drive, Herbert was going to tuck it and take off for a scramble. But Chris Jones blew it up. And then he flushed Jones on the next play, flushed Herbert out. He had to force it downfield. It got deflected and picked. They have all of that going for them. I think it's clear they're the favorites. It, once again, they they show it late. Um, it felt you. It felt like even when LA scored, you knew it was going to happen. It's the in it. They are the Thanos of the NFL. I said this a couple weeks ago. They are inevitable, and it's just honestly, it's fun to watch. You can't. I can't just. I can only just sit back and just relish in how effortlessly they make it look. Yeah, and. During the game, I, I, I got a, I've got a group chat that uh, some buddies and I, we talk pretty much Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. We're chatting throughout the day Sunday, and it's like at halftime, Chiefs were plus money line, and I'm like, Chiefs plus money line, that's 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 easy money. There's and no then, better team in the NFL to yeah. live bet. 
Yeah, because they're terrible at covering covering spreads, and they might give you a ten point head start, but you're gonna get that plus money line maybe at some point, and they did yesterday, uh, so so that was good. Um, but yeah, they uh, whether it's thirteen seconds or a minute forty six, it doesn't matter. You give Patrick Mahomes the ball in a one possession ball game. If they're down by three, you can count on a field goal. If they're down by four, you're going to need to score going back the other way. And uh, and I've got a Chiefs buddy that uh, we talk quite a bit to uh, chat during games. And then he's always just like, dang, we scored too fast. And now we've given the other team another chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the defense stepped up and they picked off Herbert there at the end. But yeah, when you're uh, and and yeah, you also mentioned just how fun Chargers Chiefs games have become uh, become like NBC might as well just bank on two primetime games every year or at least, you know, give one to Monday Night Football and take Sunday Night Football for the other one. But that's yeah. must watch TV, whatever night of the week. Give it a give it a national window. It's going to be good. Chargers are probably going to blow a 10 point lead and Chiefs are going to come back and win it at the end. <laughs> that's funny, especially now that Buck and Aikman are. Monday night games. They make Monday night feel so emphatic. Like for it's the first time. It's so great. I love it. I don't know if you're a Buck and Aikman guy, but I I wouldn't say I'm a huge, huge guy for either of them, but you know, I don't hate them like others do. The the, the thing that drives me the most bonkers about Joe Buck is literally every catch is the pass is caught. It doesn't vary <laughs> up. It bugs me the crap out of me. It could be a drinking game and you would be dead by halftime. Hey man, but I don't listen. hate them. They're all right. They're we we we're announcers. We can critique. Absolutely, uh, we're both on the job tomorrow. We're way better than we are, but we can still critique them. <laughs> hey man, have you heard me, bro? Come on now. Uh, by the way, if you if you happen to just scroll by and poke your head in, even for a minute, we'd love it if you gave it a like, said hi. You know, just say hey, how's life? Say happy Thanksgiving. You know, tell us what your favorite. Turkey or ham? That's the question for the night in the group. Um, if you say ham, you're a hipster. Anyway, um, the thing with the Chargers last night for me that was so frustrating is just some of the schematic stuff. You know, I think when I you look at the in the ineptitude, I said that like I wrote down notes. Kansas City is inevitable, and the Chiefs' inevitability, and the Chargers' ineptitude. It's like. Some of the coaching decisions they made. Staley last year was this huge balls to the walls guy when it came to fourth downs. Now, some of the stuff was reckless, but now there are certain ones that are absolute money. You should go for it, but he just doesn't do it. I he I don't know what happened there. Also, I there's stuff that I, you know, I think I heard I heard this from Cowherd or some other people, but they say when you are a head coach. You should come in and just at least be able to get your side of the ball right, you know. Especially if you've got good enough players. The Chargers got dudes on the defense, but and I know they're hurt. They are this year's IR team with a bullet. It's no one else is even in their ballpark for the IR team this year. But their defense is bad. It's always been bad. They can't stop the run. Pacheco was getting was gashing them last night when they were able to actually do it. And the Chiefs can't run on anyone else in the league. Uh. It's and they too frequently would just drop back and play man coverage. Now I know you can do that now with Kansas City because they don't have the guys to kill you, but you got to do better than just saying, "Hey, Derwin James, go." Now Derwin can do it. 
he's that good, but you, it's it makes it too easy for them to solve problems. And I felt like the Chargers kind of gave it to them there at the end. Now, what they have, regardless, even if you know defensively they threw some sort of different option out there, maybe, but especially with some of the formations that the Chiefs are going to line up in and their way they're attacking, the way the Chargers are guarding them. I don't know about you. I don't know how much you look into that kind of stuff, but those are the things that always, to me, it's like, all right, I feel like this should be, you should make this more difficult, right? And I felt like there was times that they don't do that, and I feel like that's what costs them in these games. They don't do enough within the margins on a weekly basis, and they're too good for that. At least you would think, but they're five and five for a reason, and that's the reason. Yeah, I, I was re- I saw a stat today, and I think it was, it was talking about the Vikings, the Jaguars, and the Chargers, what their records are and what the points differentials are and how the Chargers, I think, are minus point differential, as are the Vikings, and the Jags are plus, but they're three and seven. Vikings are eight and two, and the Chargers, I mean, if you take out the Jacksonville blowout earlier this season, the week that Herbert was maybe 55%, they're about even on the year, but, you know, they're, they're winning close games. They're losing close games. And you learn a lot about a team if you can turn those close games into wins all the time. Some teams do better than others. Chargers, I would not say, are one of those teams right now that uh, can get over that hump on a consistent basis. Kansas City, they prove it time and time again. They are one of the teams that can. And the thing, teams, they've got a ways to go. And the thing with the Chiefs, too, is they also have the, you know, we can blow you out. We can come back. We can win a back and forth close game. You know, there's teams that have number variance issues. Check the Raiders and the Bengals this year, especially the Raiders. Though, hey, they finally got one yesterday, which good for them. I'm happy for them. Um, God, the Broncos are terrible, and it's funny. <laughs> How do you uh, leave Devontae Adams completely wide open in overtime near the red zone? Tough stat of the decade. You didn't catch this on the show yesterday. No. If the Broncos had scored at least 18 points in regulation in every game, the record would be 9-1. and one. Is that not the stat of the year? That is unreal. That is wild. Uh, but yeah, it's like the, the Chargers, they don't do the things on... They don't... They're not good enough in the margins. Now, again, their injuries have been killer. I know that. But... There's too many times I watch them and you have Herbert, who's this guy where, listen, I've said this before. He's all, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. I think he's easily one of the three best quarterbacks in the world. Um, he has been, I think, since the moment he started, he's, he was a starter. The You watch his all 22 angles and it's stupid, the stuff that he can do, the windows he can fit the ball in. Their play calling, I've hated it. I've hated it all year. The stuff that they do... They just don't expand the field enough, but and you see, but you see it though on their first and last pretty much big drive, they are able to expand the field and it works, but they don't do it enough. I don't get it; it bugs the hell out of me. The only reason that any coaching st- coach on this staff is going to possibly have a job next year is because Herbert is awesome, and I hope that that's not the case because Staley is not good. Their offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi is terrible. Their defense, they haven't figured the defense out. It's a big mess. And I don't know, like, can they still get in the playoffs? Maybe, but the, there's no shot. The, the Chiefs have pretty much locked up the West, and they're not getting healthier. Like, Mike Williams played two snaps last night. 
And the defense, J.C. Jackson's out for the year. You probably aren't getting Joey Bosa back. There's guys that have stepped up, yeah, but it's been a mess of a season for them, for a team that had Super Bowl aspirations. And you would think that would be enough to get guys out of the paint, but I just don't know. They're, they are ran by a cheap owner. But there is this guy named Sean Payton out there who, boy, oh, boy, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine? If he got his hands on Herbert, that would be something. That's the only thing I can hope for for a team. Obviously, you know me. We we both share a team we care about. It's got that beautiful flag. I see that beautiful blue and orange under your shirt. You know me. I'm a Justin Fields rider. We're going to talk. We'll end up talking about the Dolphins later, even though they were off this week. But, like, I love Justin Herbert, and I love watching this Chargers team and having an interest in them. But, God, they're so hard to root for because they just do the dumbest stuff. And it's, again, like we said, the margins, and you just got to hope that if they can actually upgrade in certain spots, they're not going to have the health luck this next year as you would think like they did this year. But the problem problems aren't going to go away until, in my mind, they get upgrades on the sideline. And I don't know. I'm, I'm curious on what your take is on that. It's just amazing how much the narrative has changed in three months. Going into the season, people were th- – People, for some reason, were thinking, all right, this might be the year that the Chiefs don't take the division. You've got the Chargers in the mix. Now the Raiders, they've got Devontae Adams. They're going to be in the mix. People were picking everybody but the Chiefs. We got Russell Wilson and the Broncos. They're going to be in the mix. You look at the, the standings in the AFC West this year, and you look at the AFC West standings last year, they're pretty much in the same order. Outside of, you know, Chargers Raiders coming down to that tie scenario at the end of the regular season to see who gets in the playoffs. But uh, after all the hype, all the talk all year, this is where we're at. Same old Chargers. Same old Chiefs. Same old Chiefs. The Chiefs. The inevitability, man. The more things change, the more they have stayed the same. They have. The, The ability for them to just keep on trucking and with the guys they've got, it works. Now, their flaws in my mind, at least, uh, Brian Blair, shout out to Brian. He's my guy. Chargers problem is they are decimated with injuries. It's not the coach. Now, here's the thing. I agree with you about the the injuries portion. The problem with the coaching is the bad part, bad parts of the defense. And even if you kept Staley, which if guys in the locker room like him, I can get behind that. The, the biggest problem that I have is their offensive call play calling is horrendous. I can't stand watching them live in this 10-yard box like their quarterback is Joe Flacco. Like, let Justin Herbert, let it fly, man. Let him just, let him, just let him. That's all I'm asking. Like, you see the throws he makes and his ability to hit windows. And this is why all offseason I was saying, God, they need to get guys that can separate. And again, Brian even says no Allen or Williams. And I know, but Palmer and Carter, even though I don't really like them, they are faster. They they can move well enough. I just don't think they stress defenses enough. And I know it's been an issue. Like at the beginning of the year, I was even saying, even when Allen was out like, you don't trust certain things. You can only do so much, but eventually with what you got, you have to try. And they have the last, like the, the, the problem that I have is the last two weeks, each of their first drives, they have schemed stuff up to get shots down the field. And then they just go away from it. 
it is about 10 or 12 plays on script. And then after that, it is a bunch, it is a 10 yard box. They live in and they have too much in my mind to, to, you know, to, to, to do otherwise. All right, let's move on. Eagles Colts. Very fascinating game. Jeff Saturday. That seems to be a thing. Now you missed this on Sunday. I, I described it on the live show as, uh, you remember when the Dolphins? Yeah, you should, obviously we're Dolphins fans. Remember when they got Dan Campbell, and for like two or three weeks they were a fucking machine. That and Texans then game, I still have, I still have dreams of that Texans game when it's like forty-five nothing at halftime. It was then they Every the Titans the week after on the road. Touchdown. <laughs> yeah, like that was great. And then they played New England on a Thursday and got killed. So like the. I, there's a world that exists where the Jeff Saturday thing crashes and burns, but I do believe with how they have done stuff, I think they're. I understand why they are playing well and inspired. Right, Saturday's going to come in. The team obviously didn't like how things were handled with the Matt Ryan situation. They didn't like how some stuff was probably handled with Frank Wright. Did you hear some of the stuff Sirianni said after the game, the, the coach for the Eagles? So obviously he came from the Colts staff, and I think he was with the Eagles uh, when – I think he was like a quality control guy or something with the Eagles when Reich was in Philly as the QB coach under Doug Peterson. Sirianni said, I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for Frank Reich. Like Frank Reich's my mentor, blah, blah, blah. So after the game, when they did win, they're going nuts. They're doing victory laps. They're super hype. And I'm with that. I love that because like he was like, I'm going to stick it. I want to stick it to those guys because they did my guy wrong. Right. So I love that. I love that Sirianni has that. And I love the vibe that they have um, over there in Philadelphia. But another game for Philly that is close and even an ugly win, Nick, I'll let you go first here, but I am more impressed I was obvious last week. It wasn't like I was off on them. I still had them last week at second in my elite eight, but like it was interesting to see some questions come up and those same questions that happened in the Monday night game came up to this week and they were able to answer some of them. What were your thoughts on how they were able to find a way the first time all year that they found a way they got checked last week. They didn't do well this week. They get checked and they found a way to win. Honestly, if you ask me, it's their most impressive win of the year. Yeah, there, there's something to be said about, you know, winning games you should win. Obviously, going into that game probably should not have been super close. But again, Colts playing inspired. Jeff Sunday trying to go 2-0. Um, that I mean, that would have been a heck of a story if that if the Colts could have been 2-0 with him, including knocking off the Eagles. Didn't happen. Um, but when a team is not having having their best day like obviously the eagles trailing that entire game to indianapolis not having their best day but when it gets down to crunch time you get to the final few minutes the good teams and the bad teams they diverge they go separate ways good teams find ways to win bad teams don't and yes the eagles by coming back and winning that game I, that said a lot because most of their wins have been pretty convincing wins. They've had a few, you know, like the I know I look back to that Lions game week one, I think 
uh, up big, and then the Lions came storming back, and it was a lot closer than the game was early. They've been but, leaving the back door open a lot. Yeah, yeah, they have. They have. <laughs> um, so just the fact that they had to be on the opposite side, and I think they were actually shaping up to have a similar result last week, but they just kept fumbling that damn football. It was um, it was the first week where they finally got hit in the mouth with the turnover aggression. By the way, Brian, thanks for the kind words. My guy, as always, I'm sure we'll be texting tomorrow during the Moline game. He always listens and uh, says nice things. So shout out to Brian. Uh, and thanks to everybody that's been tuning in. We, we appreciate it uh, here live on Facebook, YouTube, and on the FFSQC Twitter. But yeah, um, impressive that the Eagles were able to do that. Backs against the wall. Because I think... I think the narrative is a lot different today if the Eagles lose to Washington and Indianapolis in back-to-back weeks. But you lose to Washington in a very winnable game, clean up the turnovers, you probably don't lose that game. And then yesterday, you, you know, if I think we would have overlooked last week a little more, or no, we wouldn't have overlooked last week as much if they would have lost again this week. But yep. because they were able to come back, you're able to say, all right, you put those behind you. You, you should have won last week, probably. You didn't. You shouldn't have won this week, but you did. You yep. won a game. You you know, you you snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And so, uh, yeah, I think I think it's important when a team, as good or bad, you know, as good as they are, even if you're playing a bad team or a team that maybe isn't as good as uh, they should be, like, I still can't believe the Colts are what four six and one I, I I had them kind of as my AFC South favorite this year we all did yeah <laughs> then Mike okay. was just over there just hey guys we're doing the same thing we do every year uh we're uh-huh. over here we're gonna, we're gonna be a well-coached football team and we're gonna you know probably finish 11 and 6 12 and 5 something like that um but yeah um just yeah win a game like that in any circumstances we've seen in the NFL this year Good teams losing to bad teams almost every week. Nobody is immune, so you if you can avoid that and uh, win ugly, but more power to you. It's here to, to maybe to add to what you said to start that. It's one thing to win games you should. It's uh, it's like even another thing to even to lose games you probably should. You have a bad game, like like about halfway through last week, it was like oh yeah, if this if this is a loss, we can see it coming, right? Um. But it's another thing when you answer those questions and you win a game, like pretty much you said, you have no business winning whatsoever. And that's why I'm impressed. Like Jalen didn't play great. They had some stuff where via penalties and some other things. So their passing game, when it clicks, lives in the gray area of illegal man downfield, blocking downfield when a pass is thrown. You know, all of those sorts of things. Because it's all RPO heavy base, right? But and there were a couple drives where they had stuff getting called back. Jalen isn't a guy you would expect to be able to just drop back and start delivering on a, you know, and it's why I do worry about them and got to have it spots. But when they needed it, they got it. And Jalen made a couple throws and they were able to, to score. Uh, that the the design on their last touchdown was really nice. They had uh, a fade to one side. They had a stick to the end zone on one, the another, which was then backed up by the draw with Jalen, which he was able to walk in and score on. 
I've always loved their offensive philosophy and how they always make you wrong. But it's hard when you're chasing points. It's easy to do that when you're winning. Last week, they could never get into a groove. They just couldn't. They never had the ball enough. And like the second half, they were finally able to able to move the ball. They fumbled. Then they get the ball back down two scores. They go three and out. So there were just so many times when last week they, against Washington, they just could not get into a rhythm. This week, though, even down 10, they were able to get back into it. Jalen makes a nice scramble. He throws a nice uh, sideline route to A.J. Brown, then throws the nice deep post to Quez Watkins, gets him back in the game. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're down six and you drive down the field to win it. That's impressive to me. And I think that's a huge thing for them going forward where they land in the Super Bowl bubble is still, I'm not too sure. Um, there's still other teams, probably even in the NFC that I trust more than them. At least one. We'll talk about that more in the elite eight. They'll still be ranked high in the elite eight spoiler alert, but very impressive regardless. And I think we both agree that the fact that they were able to answer that question to yesterday of how they would respond late in the game, even on the road against, yeah, it might not be a good team, but they're, they're battling, man, they're fighting and they found a way. That's all we can ask for, right? Like we could not ask for anything more. And I'm thinking back, I didn't, I didn't get to watch a ton of football yesterday because we had family stuff and we were, uh, you know, celebrating an early Thanksgiving, but I did see the the replay of the Jalen Hurts touchdown at the end, and I'm, I'm and I was wondering to myself while I was watching that, you've got Jalen Hurts, and you don't have a spy on him or something. He just went straight up the middle, and I didn't I didn't see a single defender that looked like he was in charge of Jalen on that play. I think a lot of it has to do with the schematics. I think those are things that draw guys out the way they line up in the formation the routes they're running, it takes away. Like all of the routes they were running were to open up the middle of the field. So it's a lot of schematic stuff. Plus the only the only linebacker, like there's a beautiful shot in behind it. They like wrap Kelsey, the center, around the right guard in like an inverted pull to get to one of the linebackers who is pretty much the only guy that can make that play. And then the uh, running back comes up and kicks out like uh, he comes up through and then blocks out the guy to the right to kind of wall off any other guy that can come in to make that crash down. And then Jalen, if anyone makes a play, it's going to be from the left, but he's got the, cause the ball's on the right hash. So they can beat the guy coming across. He's just got to beat him to the goal line. So I think a lot of that does have to do with schematics and design. And that's what I love about their offenses. Again, they always make you choose wrong. You know, like the whole game against the Cowboys, they basically just on they left Micah Parsons unblocked and said, we're going to make you be wrong every single time. Whether you crash on the running back, we're going to pull it. Even if we pull it and you don't crash, we're going to throw it into the flat behind you when you try to come sack the QB. If you try to play coverage, we're going to run right under you like all the every single time they make your defense choose wrong. And that's what I love about their offense so much when it's clicking. But again, as we've said, the la like the thing about the last two weeks is. It's harder to get into that rhythm when you're down, especially when you're down late in games because you can't run the ball. So it wasn't perfect, but the fact that they were able to answer questions this week was really needed. All right, moving on. The old wild, wild, wild card, my friend. It has been, you know, we are almost at, the, we were at the point a couple weeks ago 
where it was like, oh, well, it feels like we know all the teams that are getting in. And now we have the Patriots have arrived to the party. The Washington Commanders are on fire. And we have some interesting options that could possibly crash the show. Now, do I think any of them will? Eh, maybe one or two, but it's worth talking about. Um, there's a couple that I want to mention. First, we can start with the Pats Jets. That game was brutal. Zach Wilson, it feels like his days are numbered, as they should. Shout out to all the people that want me to rank the Jets on the show, by the way. Um, been rough for Jets backers because yesterday was not fun. And his film, I've gotten to watch some of it today on Twitter. Boy, oh boy, it is not good. Uh, hey, as a for as an AFC East foe, I'm sure you're loving it. And I'm loving it to a degree, though I enjoy the Jets. Like I love a lot of the guys they drafted and the guys they got, but it felt Brees Hall. I, I hated to see him go down. Yeah, and I'm a big uh, Quinn and Williams with their D lineman. I've loved him since Bama. I'm a huge Sauce Gardner fan. Uh, so they got a lot of guys that I like, and I think Salah's is a good coach. So I think the Jets took a massive step back yesterday. I think the Patriots winning opens the door a bit. Some other things, Washington, like we mentioned, they're on fire. They've beaten the Eagles. They beat the their only loss since uh, they were two and four, and they've what, won four of their last five. They beat Chicago. They beat Green Bay. They beat they lose to the Vikings, but then they run back and beat Philadelphia and Houston, and they uh, are six and five. They still got a lot of games left in the division. I think they still play the Giants twice. So that is a that's important. Those are important, important games, especially after the Giants lost yesterday to the Lions, who, oddly enough, the door is opening for them. Uh, they have an easy schedule coming up. They still get the Vikings again at home. They get the Bears at home. They do have to go to Lambeau, which is going to be tough. But, you know, there's some stuff that's opening up for them. I believe they still have uh I'm trying to remember what division they play. They play the NFC. Yeah, they play the NFC East. They haven't played da- they played Dallas. I think no, they just okay, so they just finished up the NFC East. Um so yeah, there's some there's some stuff there for them to get. Uh they still got to play the Jets. They play the Bills on Thursday. So there's some games there that are winnable. Obviously this week's going to be pretty tough. And the Jets, though, who knows? If they they can score, that's the biggest thing is that they can score. So they're going to be able to hang with anybody. Real quick, before we get to the playoff predictions and the seeds, your thoughts on some of the wild card stuff that's been moving around the last few weeks, that Pats-Jets game, which was a, you know, a comedy show, a walk-off punt return. We always love that. Um, how fun is it to watch the Pats and the Jets and be like, hey, the quarterback we have is better than your guys's. Isn't that so fun? <laughs> It's like, you guys are so screwed and we're not. So a little bit on the Jets. Uh, yesterday was unique in the fact that if they win that game, they're leading the they're leading the division yep. as, I think, the two seed in the AFC. Yes. If I'm looking at it correctly. Because they haven't played the Titans, right? No. No. And we so, had none so of them. Yeah. So they'd be two or three, somewhere in there. Yeah. But, but yeah, because they would have beaten be, the Bills yeah, and the Dolphins. Miami. Yeah, they beat both. Um, so at that point they were playing for the two or the three seed. Instead they lose. And not only do they fall to seven in the A or eight in the AFC, they fall to fourth in division. So they could have been first or fourth yesterday. 
and they felt they fell to fourth. That's just mind blowing. That just tells you how how crazy the AFC East is this year. And I don't think too many people thought the AFC East would be like that. I think people thought that's what the AFC West was going to be like. Uh huh. Instead, it's turned out to be the AFC East, and uh, I think the Jets that that offense is just in a free fall right now. But the defense you, with with Sauce Gardner and Quinnen and things like that. I mean, you you give up three points in 59 and a half minutes, you're going to win 99.9999999% of your games. But when you're averaging 2.77 inches per play in the second half. Was that the legit stat? Yeah. That, they, there were pictures of the ruler and everything. Good Lord. Um, the they, yeah. I think the final stat was they completed nine passes and had 10 punts yesterday. Yeah, and I think I saw negative twenty-one passing yards in the second half when you account for sacks and stuff. Just they got insane. torched up front. Insane how how bad that offense was, but then how good the defense is just week in and week out. I mean, they 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 beat the Bills. They shut them down. They they made Josh Allen look silly a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they got people talking about Josh Allen being you know what's wrong with him, and then he goes to the, the Minnesota game and what's wrong with Josh Allen and. That started with the Jets, kind of, and uh, yeah, they're they're out, and I don't I don't have them in my playoff predictions. I I don't see them recovering, and just that division, I just do not see them as being better than the Bills and the Dolphins, even though they beat both. I just don't see it happening again yeah. when they have to play them again. Patriots, they're probably the one team in the AFC East where I'm just like, I don't know which Patriots team to trust. I I don't really trust them. But again, like the Jets, it all runs through the defense. If their offense can do enough, or their special teams can do en- enough, then you know maybe they could sneak in as a six or a seven. But I definitely see that coming down to Bills Dolphins for that division. And then on the NFC side, really like what I'm seeing out of Washington right now. You mentioned some of the some of the things. You know, I think they've won four of their last five now. Yep, they started two and four. They won that horrendous Thursday night game against the Bears, which honestly crucified and like de-hexed both of them. I came on the next day yelling and screaming about the Bears. I had not, they lost their naming rights that night. And then since then, the Bears have been one of the most fun teams in the league, even though they're one and four in their last, or they've lost four straight and Washington's gotten hot as hell. So that game, like, like there was, it was like the conjuring or something. That night. It was yeah, beautiful. We, we we talked about the Eagles earlier winning ugly. Bears would love to be winning ugly right now. They're losing losing happy. I don't, I don't know what you'd say. Through, eh. Having lost their last three by a combined seven points and leading in the fourth quarter in all of them. I mean, let's just, well, let's just... they weren't leading against Miami in the fourth. Because they were they kept their yeah, point chasing. They, yeah, okay. That's true. That's right. That's but regardless, true. I get what you're saying. They but, had but the ball. Still, yeah, they they had the ball with a chance to go down entire yes. win in all three games. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, like just just yeah. look at the think about the reality we would be in if they somehow won those three. Then yeah, all of a sudden you know they're knocking on the door of the seven. Instead, they're down in the cellar, last behind Carolina. <laughs> hey man, I'm with it. Screw it. They're ro- like it would be like this. Listen, they are last year's Lions to a degree. But not anywhere near. Well, I guess yeah, because the Lions roster was just bad. They had some stuff. They they are more. 
they pop more than last year's Lions, I think. Like, that's just the only thing I can think of because the la- last year's Lions, even though they were terrible, they and nowhere near as exciting as the Bears, they lost a lot of close games. You know, that's why everyone expected the progression from them because it was like, all right, they're going to, they're due to win some of these games. And I think that'll be with the Bears next year to a degree. Plus, they're going to make a bunch of, they're going to make more roster improvements next year going into next year than Detroit did this year. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, I, to, to me, the NFC seems more wide open. AFC, to me, it I feel like it comes down to about eight teams to fill seven slots on the NFC side. I could make cases for probably 10. Like I can make a case for Washington. I could make a case for Atlanta just because of that division. Yeah. You, you, you beat the Bucks and all of a sudden they're a half game back. Yeah. And, and then the Lions, they've won three in a row. And you talk about regressing. I think the Lions are kind of progressing because yeah, they, they finally are a lot of these close games. And now they're finding ways to win them and i did not expect them to beat the giants by two scores yesterday i thought the giants i think the giants are probably the one team in the nfc right now that i see them falling further i think the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit and uh they just don't have enough on that offense man and there's the the biggest they they seem like a prime contender for some regression to 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 hit them here pretty soon well the first eight weeks of the year when they're seven and one or six and one whatever it was I said they are the yeah they were seven and were they seven and one whatever the fuck they were I forget but I was <laughs> saying like now I know yeah. seven and two before yesterday they were I kept saying like they were last year's Raiders and Bengals if they had a baby remember the Raiders were like they won seven games or eight game eight of their wins last year were on the lat like in one score games the Bengals won like six plays on the last play of the game. And all of their playoff games they won were on the last play. So it was like all of those. That's why I slammed the Raiders and Bengals unders because it's like you're due for those massive regression variance numbers. The Giants, the start of the year, they're winning all these close games in dumb fashions. Um, They lost to Cooper Rush, for fuck's sake, at home. So like you just knew that they were kind of playing with Foos Gold. Like they went on that two-pointer in week one. They beat the Bears because Valus Jones, when the Bears were going to get the chance on the last drive, Valus Jones muffed a punt. They never got the, the ball back. Um, they just kept finding these dumb, dumb ways to kind of survive and advance in games. The, the, the When they beat the Packers, they were down 10, came all the way back, and Aaron Rodgers threw like four straight passes off of defenders' helmets um, in that game in London. Lamar, when the Ravens were up 10, they went from up 10 to losing in like a minute because Lamar had two horrific turnovers in his own red zone. So like all of the giant stuff, it just felt like it was coming, going to come crashing down. But here's the problem, man, their biggest issue, any team that has a pulse on offense is going to give them problems because they can't move the ball. There's no reason that Saquon shouldn't have had a field day yesterday. They couldn't do anything against the Lions off a defense. that's not great. Like the bears killed them. And obviously they won, but like the Bears went up and down the field on them. There's no reason the Giants shouldn't have moved the ball. And the Lions beat their ass. They were more physical. And I know Dayball's dealing with a short deck because, again, their offense just doesn't have the punt. They don't have juice on that offense. They just don't. Bellinger's out. Wandale Robinson just blew his knee out. Like they don't have much, but that's the thing. Like any team they face that can actually put up some juice on offense is going to give them all the fits in the world. Yeah. 
yeah, it's. I see them. Uh, I see them continuing to fall down the down the list. And before we move on or give actual predictions here, going into the weekend, if you had to pick one team in the NFL who was due for some serious regression, who would you have said? Probably the Giants. Okay. Like, because even that they played like. <laughs> I'll tell. Te- I'll let you continue your thought, and then I'll tell you who I was thinking. I'm interested to see you take the Titans or the the Texans game too was one where the Texans move the ball, but their quarterback is Davis Mills, and they don't have juice on offense, so they couldn't finish drives. Um, yeah, the Giants. It felt like they were just living on this teetering. I have a feeling I know who you're gonna say. Actually, now that I think about it, because boy, oh boy, did they have some regression on Sunday? <laughs> did they get hit hard? They yeah. Did. <laughs> Go ahead. I won't steal your moment from you. Um, so I saw a stat today that despite being eight and two, the Minnesota Vikings have been outscored by their opponents this season, largely, largely due to losing by 37 yesterday, losing to by, I don't know, 16 or so to the Eagles earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And then literally every single game this season being a one possession game except for the Packers in week one. Week one, they win by 16. Week two, they lose by 17. Here are their margins of victory from week three on. Four. Come from behind win by against four. Against Detroit, right? Yep. Uh, Vikings uh, over the Saints by three. And that, they, and they, I think there was a doinker at the end. Yeah, so the Saints on two straight drives hit a 60 yarder to give them the lead. Then the Vikings came back to take the lead. And then the saints hit the crossbar on a 61 yarder at the gun. Yes. So then you get to the bears, you win by a touchdown without, and uh, let's see, let's talk about the dolphins without Tua. I think this might've been the Skylar Thompson game. Yeah. And then he Uh, got hurt and then Teddy came in and he was awful. And it was still a one score game. One by eight. Dolphins were driving, and then Jalen Waddle coughed it up inside the 30. Yes. So another one-possession game. A one-possession win over the Cardinals, and we saw what they did tonight. Yep. Did they show up? Nope. Although. Uh, how about uh, a fourth-quarter comeback against Washington? I believe they were down 17-7 to Yeah. In the fourth quarter. Win it by three. And they were. Bills game down by 17 27 to 10 in the third quarter 27 to 10 and uh they need some miracles to pull that one off and then it all comes crashing down yeah skull <laughs> that was them like they, if they they were a bug getting clapped in between the hands on the school chain and i wasn't trying to steal any of your juice there by like chiming in i just wanted to like remind people of not only were these close wins i wanted to remind people of how dumb they're close like what it happened in these games for that to happen and yeah uh, yeah i i before this week in our group chat actually my buddy was like okay what am i missing why are why is the why is the dallas line like minus one and a half why are they favored against an eight and one home team and i'm just like statistically the vikings are very middle of the road in Mm -hmm. all offensive and defensive categories and they're finding ways to win now 
give him credit. Give credit where credit's due. That's super important, finding ways to pull games out of your ass and overcoming 14, 17-point fourth-quarter deficits. That's huge. But it also means that you're overperforming, and that's not always sustainable. And America's team made them made them look silly yesterday. Beat their ass, blasted them. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> funny stuff, though. All right, let's go through. Do you want to do AFC or NFC first? We'll run through these. Let's go AFC. I don't know if you, if you're like me, if you consider the AFC to be a little more predictable. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I have an idea, though, for like what I feel for both team for both sides. Um, the seating is going to be interesting to me. So let's start at the top. I'm going to say I think the Chiefs are going to be the one. I think that's pretty clear. Like, I know they still only lead by one game over Buffalo, and maybe Buffalo can turn the ship and get hot. But, dude, the Chiefs are 8-2, and two, and they've gotten through, <laughs> like, the toughest 10-game stretch to start a season ever. They might and, win out. And, they might run the table. Yeah, and they've already beaten the toughest team in that division that was supposed to be good. Twice. Chargers twice. I don't remember. I think I'm, I'm assuming they've got the Raiders and Broncos once yet. Did they play the Raiders already once? Oh, yeah, they did. They, they that was, Yes, that was a game that the Raiders... That was one of the many double-digit leads that the Raiders have squandered this year. I think two or three games they've led by at least 17 and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they'll play them again. Probably going to be a good game. But uh, yeah, I don't see anybody really fighting Kansas City for the one seed either. They would be my one, two as well. Yeah. And then, so yeah, if you go Chiefs as well, I'm going to say the Bills are the two. I, I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they have the three, the two toughest games that they're going to have left. One of them currently has like the 45th best quarterback in the league as their starting quarterback. And I might be nice calling Zach Wilson the 45th best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and like the Patriots might give them problems, but that's just, they're a bad matchup for them. Um, and then. But so the point I was going to say was their two toughest games will be Jets Dolphins. They get them both at home in the division. I think that's going to be a big thing. Uh, so I'm just going to by necessity say the Bills are going to be the two. I'm interested to see how you're going to predict this out, but I'm just going to say the Bills are going to be the two seed. So I don't look dumb later. I guess. I think that's the that's probably the consensus pick. I think if there if it's not the Bills. Or if, you know, our Dolphins somehow find a way to win the division. I think the other team, the really the only other team that I could see getting the two seed would be the Titans. Just because of their division, you pretty much, I'm going to count, obviously you don't count wins before they happen, but you get the Jaguars twice yet. Obviously, Jaguars can beat anybody. They, they've had really good games. They're three and seven, but they've sco- they've outscored their opponents. Unlike the Vikings, as we mentioned before, uh, they get the Texans again. Now, their next two weeks, I think we'll learn even more about the the Titans. But um, just the way they played against Green Bay and just in every facet of that game. Uh, I know Green Bay is not that good, but I do like what I see out of Tennessee. And if Tannehill can throw the ball as well as he did last week, too, I think they'll be, you know, you, obviously when you get t- Tannehill 
able to throw the ball and compliment Henry like that, I think that's good. But Bengals, Eagles, the next two weeks, if they put up good fights, if they come out of there one and one or two and oh, maybe, I I think they uh if they if if they somehow win the next two, I would chalk them in as my two. But I'm not necessarily saying they'll be the two, but if there's going to be anybody else besides the Bills to get the two, I'm just making a case for the Titans, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think uh I think you got a great point. Um Great point. I have. So, do you have the bills at the two then? Uh, sure, sure. I'll hold out hope, obviously, for our Dolphins to uh, win that division. But yeah, me I'll, too. I'll go with bills now, just so I can, you know, under promise, over deliver. <laughs> so here's my kind of hot take to a degree that I've had. So I have the Dolphins obviously at five, and I think they'll have the third best record in the AFC. So we both have the Bills at two. Um, I believe the Dolphins, if they get, I think this is still possible, even if they are the five, though it's just going to be harder. If they definitely win the division, the Dolphins are going to play on championship game weekend. And I want people to be be ready for that. Obviously, when we talk about the Dolphins in the Elite Eight, I always get to skew off my Dolphin stuff. but. If they win the division and they avoid the Bills or Chiefs until the conference title weekend, then I think they're good enough to beat anyone else. So just be ready for that, people. People don't want to give that love up. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens 3, Titans 4, just because I do think there's some tougher games on the schedule for the uh, Titans, but I do think the Titans could get the 3 seed. Um. So I'll go Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Titans as the one through four, and then Dolphins at the five. So that's where I'm at right now, and then it gets a little weird. So after the two with the Bills, who do you have as the other two division winners? And then I'm assuming you have Miami at five, right? Yeah, so I, I'd flip-flop Titans, Ravens. I, I made the case they could go two. I'll, I'll slot them in at three, Titans. I'll put the Ravens fourth, and then, uh, yeah, Miami in the five. And then we'll see how we hash out these last couple. So I think it's between four teams. I think you have the Jets, Patriots, and then you have the Bengals and the Chargers. Two of them can't make it. It's a hard road for the Chargers, but they're only one game back. (laughs) That's what people don't understand is that they're a game back. And everybody wants to crown the Bengals like, why? What's been so like they're bound to lose they got tough ass games left they've got listen and you just don't know which Bengals team is going to show up is it going to be the Bengals team that gets throttled by the Browns on national television or is it going to be the Bengals that come out and put up 42 and you know go up 42 to nothing on the Panthers you just don't yeah. know you just don't and they've got tough games they play at Tennessee on Sunday they have uh, they get the they they got the Chiefs to play. They go to Buffalo. I think they go to Buffalo. No, I think they get those games home. Now, granted, they do have a lot of home games to end the year, so that is true. They got a lot of home games to end the year, which is important. But they still play. They play some tough ass teams to end the season. You know, don't be shocked if they still end up nine and eight. So you, uh, sorry, you... acid reflex. Uh, oh. But with all that said, I. 
This is just a variance thing, and I'm going to try to not be wrong. I'm going to say the Bengals are the sixth, and I'm going to say the Patriots are the seven. How impressive is it going to be that the Patriots are going to get in with this team? That's crazy. This is the best coaching job Bill's, Bill's ever done because their offense is horrendous. Now, I've also seen some arguments where now would be a good time for Bill to make some changes on that offensive side, whether it's coaching or what. But, yeah, the fact that they are just getting by and continuing to win and find ways to win, even if it takes a punt return to break a 3-3 tie. Bill will take but, it. Yeah. I'm I will. Pulling, um, I'm going to pull, go ahead. I'm, I'm pulling take, up a schedule thing here real quick because I got to do some fact checking to see how much I actually feel good about the Pats at seven. Yeah, I I I feel tough. I'm I'm dropping the Patriots out. I just think they have to play the Bills and the Dolphins again. They got to play the Bills twice, man. That's the thing oh, I'm worried about. And yeah, they play the Vikings yeah. Thursday and you know the Vikings are going to come back and play hard, even though that absolutely screams like the type of game the Vikings lose. Um, but I'm so going to yeah. take, I'm going to go Bengals chargers six, seven. Okay. I think the chargers will do just enough to not have to come down to a tie on Sunday night football <laughs> in the uh, final week of the season to, uh, just barely get in. But can you imagine if the chargers are in any kind of remotely similar scenario this year, like some crazy thing happens twice in a year for them to miss the playoffs. I would just, that would be crazy, and for that would just be a hard thing to watch for the 234 Chargers fans in their home uh, home stadium. <laughs> oh, poor, poor, poor Chargers! Yeah, I mean, they're it's wild. They're entertainment. They're appointment television, man. Regardless. So, all right, they play the Vikings Thursday. This is the Patriots, and they get the Bills at home the Thursday following. Because you know, every year they have. Two of the teams that played on Thanksgiving play on the Thursday after, so they have like a fair one week, and then they have that many. They basically have a mini buy. Wish they would do that every Thursday night. <sighs> yeah, to some degree, at maybe least a, at least a little bit. Yeah. Um. Then after that, they do play the Cardinals in Arizona, and then they go to the Raiders. Um. That Raiders game might be a little tricky because who knows? They're so they're so weird. I still there's a small part of me that still expects the Raiders to rip five in a row off or something. Um, but then they end with Bengals at home at at home against Miami and then at Buffalo. Not easy. That's three horrific matchups. The Bengals, the Bengals and the Bills. Now, granted, they could feast on Cincinnati's battle line, but like. Like Miami owns their ass, and the Bills are a terrible matchup for them. So it could get dicey. Like you could get to nine and six to end the year, and then you lose your last two to Miami and Buffalo, and then see you later. Because Miami and Buffalo are basically going to be going neck and neck for the division the rest of the year. So they're going to be wanting one of those games. That's where it gets tough for New England. I'm really hoping that NBC flexes that Buffalo Miami game here in a couple weeks. It's open. I think I was looking at the schedule and the current Sunday night game is like, I don't know, Seahawks and it's that um, like that. I I don't know what it was. It did not seem like an appealing matchup. I'm hoping that it's that uh, Patriots Raiders game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think that needs to be primetime. Let's let's put Bill's Dolphins there. 
Bills Dolphins is like to be determined. I think that game is definitely going to get flexed to Sunday night, which baby that will be juicy. I want to see it. I I want to see no controversy, no no uh, you know, was that a stumble before halftime? No uh no medical question, just mano mano, four good quarters. And let's see what happens. I still part of me still thinks, you know, Every Bills game of the past few years, it's either like thirty-five to nothing in the second quarter, and I'm I'm not ruling that out just because it still seems like the Dolphins are a team that will let you down when they when they uh, right when you feel good about them. Mm-hmm. But I feel I'd feel optimistic, and I'd I just I'd like to see that one at night. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be a great game. Great atmosphere. Be loved. Great to see. All of us two anonites come out as one. <laughs> Have Lower. you always been a supporter? I've been a critic myself. I um early on I loved him coming out of Bama. Um, like watching his college stuff is like, good lord, some of the stuff he does. He's so accurate. And that's carried. His pinpoint, the stuff they do. And then there was some stuff. The last couple of years, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, man, this isn't good. Because every time, too, it'd be like, you need to get you. There's games that you got to have, and it just ain't there. But this year has shown you do. Again, it's the stuff with the Bears, man. When you do stuff that your quarterback is great at, sorry, he underthrows Tyree Kill. Sorry. Okay. Like, you watch the film, man, with Tua. It's just. Beautiful stuff. The anticipation, the accuracy, the way he commands everything, the schematic, the scheme that they have behind it, it all works. It's why I really scoff at people that are like, oh, they're going to get cold. It's going to get cold and windy. And Tua, ooh, it's not like they're chucking the ball deep 10, 12 times a game. Their entire offense is based on certain stuff. And listen, man, if they get the two seed, you know what they won't have to worry about, Nick? They're not going to have to worry about going to play in the fucking cold. That's for sure. <laughs> not until Kansas City, probably. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. Um, so, listen, man. That's why I say if they get the two seed, they're going to the AFC title game. Um, wouldn't that be something? Be, it'd be some shit, wouldn't it? I've, I've, I haven't wait. I've, I only haven't waited for it, you know, for twenty six years or twenty seven years, however old I am. <laughs> I've. Uh... I got a buddy who's a Kansas City fan, and we've already said if that happens to be a playoff matchup, we got to go. And if that's an NFC, if that's the AFC Championship, that'd just be wild. It would be. If it's and, a wild card, if it's the you know whatever round it is, I'm going. The, I'm yeah. planning on going. Yeah. And uh, that'd be it'd just be fun. Hopefully, it happens. Yeah, I know. And the two stuff. Before quick, real quick, before we move to the NFC, we'll talk. I'll mention a little bit of when we do the Elite Eight stuff here in a moment, too. But like the two stuff too, it's like. He obviously has flaws. He's not perfect, but when you actually break down what they do and what they need him to do and the stuff that he does with, again, anticipation and accuracy, that's what you need to run that offense. People are like, oh, it's not sustainable. People that I really like and that are trust and are smart when it comes to NFL talk, like, man, I just, I don't know why. Like, why, why do you have to be like that? You don't have people, the people are just not aesthetically pleased with him because he doesn't chuck the ball deep like Pat, Justin, Joe, and Josh. If he did, I said this last week when I ranked them in the top four in the Elite Eight. 
I said, if his name was one of those four, if he, if his name was Pat, Justin, Josh, or Joe, and he was chucking the ball deep every five plus once every five plays, people would find him more aesthetically pleasing, but he doesn't. So they're like, Oh, he's boring and it's not sustainable. Eh, watch the tape. God watching the fourth quarter of that Ravens game though. There was some pretty ones. Yeah, they made they found they uh they were they got they got some busts, but like yeah, they were able to keep doing what they were doing. And everything they do on offense is so easy. And it just they put stress on the defense with two of the nastiest weapons in the league, and Tua delivers to those guys. And now Sherfield's balling too. Uh, no, all of a sudden we've it, it, there's a two-headed running back monster too. Chris, Chris <laughs> Greer's a stud. All right, let's uh, swivel to the NFC. So uh, the one seed, I think the Eagles are going to stand pat. I'm going to say they're going to still win the division just because they have so many more winnable games, even if they slip up once to the Giants, which I don't think will happen, or they lose in Dallas, which I would probably say the Cowboys would be a favorite. The Cowboys would probably be maybe a one or two point favorite, or it'd be a pick them if they played right now in Dallas, which they will week 14, 15. Can't wait. Um, but I think Philadelphia, one loss, two losses tops the rest of the year. Um, so I think they're going to get the one seed pretty comfortably. I'm really, really tempted to say that the Cowboys are going to find a way to win that division and knock the Eagles all the way down to five, but I don't know if I can wrap my head around actually saying it. Yeah. After Sunday, you'd want to believe it, right? Yeah, and and if I say it, then I'm like, well, who do I put in the one spot then? Is it the Cowboys or I I don't know. they They would own the tiebreaker over Minnesota. Yeah. If they win the East. That's an important thing because how many games is Minnesota going to lose? I think so. Here's my real quick, not to get too far ahead of you. I have Philly, Minnesota, one, two, mainly just because I don't think Minnesota is going to lose enough games to lose the division. And they've got a multiple game gap ahead of whoever the three seed will end up being, whoever wins the West. So I think Minnesota is going to be the two seed because I think they're easily going to win the North and they have enough games ahead. Even if they finish. 11 and six that should be enough to be the two seed in my mind without looking at schedules i don't you know i i could i could be saying this blindly but i'm i'm going to go out on a limb i think i'm gonna i'm gonna take cowboys one I'm gonna minnesota one minnesota two i like the 49ers at three yep so and do I'm, i and i'm actually putting the falcons as the division winner at four. Oh baby they have there have been some games that they should have won and people say that oh wow the falcons are so bad but they're just sitting there five and six minding their own business i'm still not convinced that the buccaneers now that you know they've won what two in a row now or yeah maybe i don't know um i just want to they're five and five right yeah five and five yeah they were they've won two straight the last second win against the rams and then a terrible rams team yeah but I mean, hey, they found a way. Yeah, they did. And then uh looked yeah, really then, damn good against Seattle. Yeah. But yeah, I just I to me the Buccaneers are I I think I'll keep them in as as a I don't know, I don't know. 
I don't know if I'm going to get a second NFC. No, I I might be dropping them out completely. It's if you're gonna, yeah, it's gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to get the wild card. No bucks in the playoffs for me. Okay, I will have Niners at three. More on the Niners when we get to the Elite Eight. Um, and I have the Bucks at four. Um, yeah, I, I just think the books are going to start getting hot. And I think another, they play Cleveland Sunday. I think that's another, you start, you continue to feel right, feel good. He's two and oh, since the divorce, I guess she was holding him back. Ding, ding, dong. <laughs> it's <laughs> over now. And five. <laughs> yeah. They're good. They, they, hey man, they could, they could, they wouldn't the shock me. They're going to, they're going to find a way. <laughs> could you imagine? And here's the, here's the craziest part. Look me in the eyes when I say this. Think of other potential matchups. Are you going to trust whoever the quarterback is on the other side in the playoffs against Brady, no matter where the game is? <laughs> hmm? that's, that's another thing. You, you look at all of the, the quarterbacks in the AFC, and then you're like, well, who's left in the NFC? Before the season, it's like, oh, it's Brady and Rodgers. And then you've got these new guys like Fields and Hurts. They got to step up. You got Cousins. But it's like nobody is able to look Tom Brady in the eye in the postseason and say, not a soul. I got you, man. <laughs> Not a soul. There's a world that exists, and I think that they make the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. If at this point, if they make if they make the playoffs, they will have um, done just enough. And now, I now real quick, I do think that that drives in the playoffs. That takes a shot because I was really feeling like the Giants were going to be the five seed. But after them watching them lose to Detroit the way they did, I'm starting to think the Giants are going to slide. Maybe not in it. Not maybe out of the playoffs. We'll <laughs> see in a second. So I have at the five seed. So I have Niners at the three, Bucks at the four. I have the Cowboys at the five, and I know they ragged all them in week one. But goosh, that'll be tough for for Tampa Bay. That's a lot harder than the very average wet paper bag New York Jets coming to Tampa Bay in in the playoffs instead of the Cowboys who at their peak are pretty damn good. That's a whole different ball game. So my Bucks could cruise to the NFC title game by playing the Seahawks and the Giants maybe. (laughs) Took a massive hit this week with the Giants getting kerplunked by the Lions. So Cowboys at five. So I'm guessing, yeah, with yours, you would have Philly at five, obviously. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll leave them there. Okay, now it gets weird because there's so many teams. All right, here's what I'm going to do. At six, I'm going to go Seattle. I think they'll stand pat. I think at worst. Yeah, I agree with that. They uh-huh. go. So you'll have Seattle at six as well. I think at worst, they finish 10 and seven. I think they've got enough to where they can continue to withstand win games. Four and four down the stretch for me doesn't seem that hard. How they much, still get how, how many games do they have against the Rams and Cardinals yet? They still got to play the Rams twice. That is yeah, two wins. lovely. <laughs> yeah, they put they they still got the Niners one time. I'm interested to see how different that game will be. It's Thursday of Christmas or Thursday be- the week before Christmas. So it's the it's the yeah um fifteenth something like that. I'm really interested to see how that game is because the Niners beat the piss out of them in week two, but that was the Seahawks fat and happy after beating Russ on Monday night at home, and even at that time we we're like, of course the Niners kicked the shit out of them. Like the Niners are good and the Seahawks suck. I think that game could be interesting. The going to Seattle, 
that game might be for the West. That game, that place is going to be nuts. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that plays out in week 15. But I think four and four, yeah, they get the Rams twice. I don't know. Oh, they do have to play the Chiefs still. So like that, and the Niners are two losses. If you go, so that'd be two and two. If you can find a way to go two and uh, two in your other stretch of games or whatever it is, two and one, that would be ten and seven. I had to do the math there because they're six and four right now. So yeah, if you can find a way to do that, then you're in. And now we get to number seven. I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna get weird. This is my wild prediction. I'm gonna say Washington. I'm I leaning think, there too. I think the Giants are gonna kind of fall off, and I'm gonna say the 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 Commanders, the the good old C words. I think the C words get in. I think the best of the Giants is behind them. I think the best of Washington, they're in the middle of it right now. And the only other team is like they're just they're playing really well right now. The, that uh-huh. defense, there's there's something there's something with that defense. Granted, any defense can look like the '85 Bears against the Texans, but they got they've got a. I think they're starting to find find a way to use Gibson and Robinson in the backfield together. And you know, get that rotation down. Heineke, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, but there's just something about him. He just he wins games. He he kind of he kind of feels like early. I'm I'm not I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but he just kind of feels like early Tom Brady, where you know the numbers aren't they're not crazy, but there's just something that he brings to the team. They win games. The team rally around him, you know. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. The locker room loves him. Yeah. And I don't think they necessarily hated Wentz, but I think last year they played well to a degree with him. And I feel like especially when Wentz went down and he came back and they the first game he plays, they beat the Packers and they came from behind to do it. I just feel like they – and he spreads the ball around better than Wentz did. I just feel like, yeah, that locker room loves him. So we're both gonna go with the old C words. Yeah. They're hot, man. Gotta love it. If I get if we're gonna get really, 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 really crazy, I want I wanna see the Lions somehow get there. Yeah, they just gotta, just don't know they if gotta borderline win out. That's the yeah. problem. Because they're what, yeah. four and six, four and seven. Yeah. They gotta just yeah, they gotta run. Not the, likely the, at all. Man, table. I wanna see I wanna see a world where that happens. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. From one and six to the playoffs, like Miami almost did last year. Yeah, they just missed out last year. Yeah, because they won seven in a row, and then they played the Titans almost. and the Bills in back-to-back weeks and got killed. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Elite Eight time. We can go one by one here. Um, I'm interested to see where you go. We go from eight to one, as always. By the way, thanks for you for sticking out for a while. I appreciate you hanging out. Back-to-back um, eight nights. I actually skipped the end of the Sunday night football game because I, uh, I grew up as an Elton John fan, so I watched his final u.s concert last night live hey your stadium so i'm, up, I'm up late two nights in a row uh, i guess i should thank your significant other for letting me borrow you or i'm assuming yeah, she's just she like work. she she gets up at like 4 30 in the morning to for work so she's uh she's been in bed there you go for a couple hours already <laughs> there you go thanks to anybody who's hanging out with us i didn't expect too many people to hang out and interact tonight but just i just wanted to go live to see and obviously 
having you on. I wanted to have some sort of bigger show since I missed out on last night. And I don't know if we're going to be able to record it all the rest of the week because of the holidays. And I've got four games on in two days, Friday and Saturday. So it's going to be weird. Anywho, it's a lead eight times. So as I would say, enough bullshit. Let's get real, son. It's time for the Elite Eight, the best power rankings in the world, in my mind, whatever. We have graphics for it to back it up, baby. That's how good it is. Maybe we'll get Nick his own graphic. I don't know. You have to ask DJ. You have to ask DJ if it's in the budget. Um, Unless so. We'll we'll see how, how my eight play out. I might, uh, I, might, I might wreck it right away where you'll never invite me on again. I, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't mind how people <laughs> rank teams. Uh, I just... I just hate when people are like, you need to rank this team here. And I'm like, give me context and I'll think about it. But they're just like, blah, blah, blah. Or they always try to like, they think head to head all is the only thing that matters and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know. It's why people wanted me to rank the Vikings over the Dolphins for like the last six weeks. And I'm like, no, you're a dumbass. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of the Vikings, they come in at number eight. I'm not going to be an asshole and drop them all the way out, but they fall from four to eight this week. As you mentioned it earlier, the variance that has their, they're all over the place. Excuse me. That's why they barely cracked the top eight. And it's really why we had struggled to put them higher is because we felt like they weren't, it felt like nothing, it wasn't all there. Now, granted, very impressed with the Buffalo win. And that's why we moved them up. But I'm, it got bad and it got bad fast against Dallas. And maybe, the one saving grace is maybe you're fat and happy off the biggest regular season win for in forever for you guys. And once it got bat down, you kind of just eh, whatever. And you're up by a billion games in the division. So it doesn't matter in the long run. It probably doesn't. But here's the problem. You're playing adult, a Patriots team that is rolling to a degree. I know their offense stinks on and you got them coming home on Thursday. But Kirk on primetime, we know it's not good, even though I hate that stat because it's a casual fan stat, but it's true. So how's Kirk going to do on Thanksgiving? You know, is he going to eat too much before the game and he's going to be hard? He's going to be slow to move around. He how's it going to be? If the, how's it going to be if the Dolphins get some or the excuse me, the Patriots get some sort of lead and are able to tee off on the Vikings offensive line, especially if Darasaw is out their left tackle. He went down early and they had. No chance to block Dallas's front four. It could get. It's a sketchy situation on Thursday night. Um, so that's what I'm saying. One loss can turn to two really quick. So we'll see. That's why I got the Vikings at eight. What do you got at eight? I'm actually. I'm shocked. I thought me putting Vikings at eight would be a shock. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm matching you there. The the Vikings. The, this has not been a Vikings loving show this year. No, I mean, shout out to Jordan Wrangle. Just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them. I, I think it's cool that they're winning games in the fashion that they're doing it. It's just, it's not sustainable to me. And, uh, you know, when you're overcoming 14 point deficits to win these games, that, that will catch up with you quickly as mm -hmm. it did this week. So, um, again, I mean, they, they could, you know, they could finish 15 and two and shut up all the doubters, you <laughs> oh, know, shit. that'd be something. Yeah. Don't I don't see it happening. I think it's probably more likely that they'll go closer to 500 in their final games because statistically they're right around a 500 team. Correct the mundo, sir. So it'll be it'd be a bit shocking. Yeah, that'd be something. But they they ran the table from here to like fuck you guys. But they all were like 
four point wins. Yeah, what, what, well, they're what now? Eight and two, so yeah. seven games. Yeah, like they're, they're fuck they're, your variation. Their their points against goes from minus two to plus seventeen. Seventeen, <laughs> yeah, and then they lose by forty in the playoffs on a missed field goal by their kicker at the end. Oh, it, so they don't lose. Always, ball. it's always a missed field goal for the Vikings. So I know I said they'd win out and then get boat race in the playoffs, but honestly, that's what I'm worried about. They're going to lose a game because of Joseph in the playoffs. Like they're going to lose. I said this last week. I also stole this from Bill Simmons. I didn't steal this take, but he was the first one I heard talk about. They're going to lose a game because of their kicker. This is my take. Joseph's going to Blair Walsh them in the playoffs. It's going to happen. It does not matter who's kicking for Minnesota. It it becomes a meme at some point every year. RIP morning. Just, you know, shits the bed. All right. Let's see if we could stay hot. Number seven, the Tennessee Titans. My goodness, dude. Look at that. Two for two. They, uh, <laughs> um, how much scouting of my lists have you done? None. I didn't even, I, I, I didn't even want to look at your last, um, your last one. Actually, I will say this. I had the 49ers at eight before Monday Night Football. Okay. I tweaked my list a little bit for how well mm-hmm. they played and how they, how well they looked. So the Niners, uh, I, I think. Even, I did not even look at your list, uh, your most recent list, before I put mine together. I threw it together. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Niners yeah. only moved up a spot for me. I don't like to do too much massive movement unless it's worthy to a degree. Um Depends, really. I don't know. My li- it's it's it varies, man. It varies. Yeah. Anywho, the Titans at seven. Welcome to the Elite Eight, Tennessee. Welcome to the Elite Eight. First time on the graphic. If DJ is great, he will. We are hoping to get a Jeffrey Simmons picture on the graphic this week. That's what I want. Are the Titans the most malleable team in the league? Where it just feels like anything, ha- any certain situation that happens, they can find a way. And. They almost beat the Chiefs without getting a set first down in the entire second half. Um, they go to Lambeau. They get Tannehill back. They beat the Broncos. They go to Lambeau and beat the shit out of Green Bay. Let's call that what it was. That game wasn't competitive at all. They bullyballed the Packers and did it without. You mentioned it talking about Tannehill like throwing the ball. They didn't need henry to do much and i don't think that's something they can rely on every week but it shows that it's there they were finally able to get their weapons involved Traylon burks the kid from arkansas who i think is really good uh finally they were able to get him going and i think that is a really big sign robert woods looked like robert woods again Titans are are balling. They are seven and one since getting ass blasted by the Bills on Monday night. And how long? I mean, that's eight week. That's nine weeks ago. But boy, oh boy, it seems like nine years ago. Considering how well they've been playing since, they just keep chipping away. They they easily have the best defensive line depth in the NFL. Jeffrey Simmons has been, I think, one of the three best defensive players in the league this year. Alongside of Chris Jones and Micah Parsons, he has been awesome. All pro season from him. And they've got dudes at every level in on the defense. They've got good guys up front on offense. They've been able to win without absolutely having to rely on Derrick Henry. It. I don't know how much better this Titans team is than like last year or the year before. But 
They just find ways. And Vrabel's one of the five best coaches in the league. And I'm wondering what would happen if we actually gave them like a high-end quarterback. Like what if Lamar just said, screw it, I'm going to Tennessee. Like what if they even had – God, I don't even know. I'm just like, what if they had like an Aaron Rodgers, even though I think he's borderline cooked? You know, but like it's crazy what they're able to do on a weekly basis, on a yearly basis. I'm so impressed with what they did. That Chiefs game, even at a loss, opened my eyes. I couldn't rank them off of that, but the last two weeks especially, holy shit, what they did on Thursday in Green Bay, I thought the line at plus three was ridiculous regardless to an extent. But again, that game just wasn't competitive, and they're they're the toughest out, I just think, in the league because they're just so hard. They're so hard to play against. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, you talk about running the football and uh, I think when they, when they're able to pass the football, I think they're going to be even more dangerous, but I think honestly, not even Henry, but coaching and the defense, that's where the Titans are making their money right now. And then obviously Henry gets the accolades, but yeah, at, at green Bay, it was Tannehill. He was the one that was balling. He was dealing. It, it was kind of funny though. Cause I, I, uh, I think it was Kirk Herb street said, knock on wood. Tannehill's having a great night. He threw throws, a pick. Throws a pick, literally on the next play. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a good play but, by Douglas. But yeah, it was uh fun to watch. I, I like watching the Titans. The, there's just something about the brand of football they play. It's it's unique, and uh, they. But it's like the the team lives vicariously through their head coach. Mm-hmm. In like, it's like if you could have 53 Mike Vrabels on the field, that's the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, yeah, I like them um, as a top 17. I do, too. I do, too. All right. If, we, if we're together on this one, we might go eight for eight. I'm just letting you know. Judging by what you said before, I'm going to guess we're going to split here. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I got the 49ers here. Okay. So I have the Bills here mainly because of I dropped them down after that Vikings loss because it's just some of the flaws they have running the ball. I just hate how they just their their play calling decisions. I just despise how they operate. And even this week, again, early in the game, when the Browns were, you know, feisty, the Bills have multiple drives, third and third and short, and they're throwing the ball. It's just like, why? Like, no design, even if it's a designed QB run with Allen, like, I would love that more. There's just so many instances with how they design plays and their play calling stuff. Now, they obviously found something. There was obviously an issue with Diggs at some point in the game. Him and McDermott had a moment on the sideline. Nothing bad, but they were coddling each other. And then all of a sudden, Allen rips one to him in the end zone. So obviously at their peak, they're good. And maybe they've bounced back. But there's just so many things that... I, I just don't think one good week, even in a week where Brissett kind of torched them and they the Cooper had a great day and the Browns had some key drops early when the Browns were trying to extend the lead that they had. Now, I will say I'm impressed. The Bills front seven, which is probably the strength of their defense considering how banged up the secondary is, play really good against the Browns run game. But I was just thinking... The Browns' run defense is awful. If there's ever a week to see the ball go through with the running game, it would be this one. They still weren't really that impressive to me. 
Nia, uh, Bills for me at six. Meh. Uh, I'll go ahead with you here on the night or let you go with the Niners. Um, to me, I was looking at when I, when I first put my list together, I was like, I don't like putting a five and four team too high. So that's why I'm like, all right, I do think they're really good. And I think they're probably going to finish, you know, I don't know, in the 11 and six range, maybe. That's fair. I don't see them losing more than a couple, maybe the rest of the way. Um, but I, they played. They they had no weaknesses in that game tonight that I watched. So no, like all right, I I got to put you ahead of the Vikings for sure. Uh, I think if they if that's a if it's a 49ers Vikings matchup, I think the 49ers win that one about mm-hmm. you know pretty handily. And then I'm like uh, Titans too. I'll yeah, I'll I'll throw them ahead of them too. Um, I th- you mentioned the Bills here. I think I've got the Bills ranked a little high because uh, I'll I'll you know I I'll have them coming up in a little bit, but I'm gonna mention this with the Bills. Wow, what have three weeks done to the Bills? Three weeks ago, you know they've beaten the Chiefs at this point. They're number one in the AFC, and then they lose a couple. Kind of a meh yesterday. They're just. A month they look, now. They look susceptible way more now than they did three weeks ago. And I think that's that's good for the league because week one, you know, they throttle the Rams and everybody's like, all right, the Bills are, oh my goodness. They went, they came in as the Super Bowl favorite. And now nobody even stands a chance to win the Super Bowl. And it's only week one. And then, you know, two months into the season, it's still kind of feeling like, yeah, it's going to be the Bills to lose here last few weeks, though. I don't know. I don't even know if they're the best team in the AFC anymore. So since they beat Kansas City, they had a bye. They played good for a half against Green Bay. They couldn't. They was a. They had a chance to extend the lead and really crush them. They did not. They were awful in the second half. They were awful against the Jets. They were pretty mediocre against the uh, Vikings in the second half when it counted. Allen had horrendous turnovers in all three of those games. And I had the I had the old graphic quote for the Bills. I don't know if you saw that, but I but I will I quote myself talking about the roller coaster of Josh Allen. Um, where are we at here? This is just great. I love the fact that DJ was able to clip this for me. Um, <laughs> his ceiling is as high or higher than any quarterback that's ever played, but his floor is the depths of hell. He gives, but he takes away. Problem is when he takes away, it's the most cataclysmic error that you could imagine. Now he didn't have many of those. He was way. This was the most even keeled Josh Allen maybe has ever been in the NFL on Sunday. But hey, they needed it. They will gladly take that. Uh, I will piggyback off of your number six because my number five is the Niners. Here's and I am understand with you and totally am with oh, cool with you like on the the five and four team thing. I've had the Niners kind of in the four to six range through most of the year. Um, other than there was a couple weeks there where I dropped them out because uh, it was just like, oh, you don't deserve it. But three wins in a row. My biggest thing is now that McCaffrey has been fully integrated since that game against the Rams where he was uh, blah, 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 balling. The, like they are so picture perfect on script, especially tonight. Now, I know the Cardinals are, you know, layup lines to a degree defensively, 
but the weapons they have, I think they're sealing when Jimmy G is playing well. This was clearly the best game Jimmy G has had this year, which they needed him to have. Um, I think their ceiling is – my biggest thing has been they are the team I would trust in the NFC more than anybody. I, I The Niners up here this high, it's not that I don't – so what I'm going to say might make people think, oh, you only have them there because of this, but that's not the case. The Niners here is to remind people that this isn't a standings. It's a it's a power rankings, elite eight. But I say obviously it's a list, so I don't think record too much matters in where I actually believe you are against the rest of the league, unless it's detrimental. That's why all year before a couple weeks ago, when the Chiefs and the Bills both looked like shit, and then I moved the Eagles up to one. Finally, everyone was bound in the table like, oh, put the Eagles at one. I was like, I'm not going to put the, anybody ahead of the Bills or the Chiefs right now. And then obviously things have kind of persuaded differently the last few weeks. So Niners at five for me. Good to see Jimmy G finally have a bounce back game and look good, feel good, all those things. And yeah, it's just when they're on, man, their offense is so smooth because they have so many different guys. And McCaffrey just does so much for them. You just got to stay healthy. Uh, Who's your number five? I've got the Cowboys. Oh, and okay. So not a, a, a no overreaction. Don't want to get too too high after the big game. I can feel that. I understand that. I will admit I think my Cowboys might be a little I think not my Cowboys, but I think my Cowboys slot might be a little too high, but we'll but I mean, hey, that's all right. Well, speak for yourself. I'm the one that put them as the one seed in the NFC here a little <laughs> hey, bit. That's ago. fair. <laughs> that's fair. But for right now, um, yeah, I Cowboys just seem like they just they feel complete, and um, I guess maybe not they they haven't passed it a ton, or at least you know just dump it off to Tony Pollard and let him do the rest. But obviously that the Cowboys defense just is lights out. Um, you held Minnesota to three points in what. This the season that offense has been pretty productive. I mean, they eliminated Justin Jefferson yesterday. Yep. Uh, they went into that game with everyone talking about Justin Jefferson and oh, he's going to get to two thousand. He's going to beat Tyreek there. He just put up two hundred, almost two hundred yards against the Bills, and then you know the Cowboys say, uh, "Yeah, hold on, not so fast." And you um, mentioned real quick. You mentioned the passing. I thought that was Dak's best game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. Um. I was just going to say between running, running the football, passing the football and defense, I would put passing as not the top two uh, <laughs> things in the bread and butter department of uh, the Cowboys. But uh, he was dishing it out well. And that, I love that play to Pollard down the sideline like that. That was just that. But that was a play where it's like these guys are having fun. They are crushing the crushing a team. They're having fun. They're going to rub salt in the wound right there. And, uh, yeah, Cowboys five for me. Yeah, they've been really good. More on the Cowboys here in a few moments. Number four for me is our Miami Dolphins. I have them number four as well, but okay. number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. So, as I've said with the Dolphins, the Tua stuff, you know, I mentioned that if, the, if Tua's first name was, you know, this, 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 or this, they would, people would love them more. Um, Here's where I think that Browns game separated them, even like to me. And I've had them ever since Tua came back. I've had them in the top five. 
Um, I've had them as high as one. I had them number one after they beat the Bills. They were in the top four until Tua got hurt, and then obviously you had that stretch where I was like, well, what the fuck? Um, listen, Tua's been one of the five best quarterbacks in the league this season. This season, I think overall he's probably in the 10 to 12 range, 8 to 12 range, depending on the day. And I think like you can win a title with that. Again, the it's aesthetic, it's aesthetics with some people. Um so the Browns game, I think it showed that they can do more than just kill you with Tyreek and Waddle. It showed defensively some of the improvements that they've made and that they were able to hit another gear and kind of pull away from a team, go for the throat. I think we're two games now into the past the trade deadline and Chris Greer continuously showing how awesome he is at his job. I mean, hey, we're going to steal. We're going to give you the most harsh tampering penalty ever. We're going to steal one of your first round picks, but he's like, go fuck yourself. I'm still going to deal one of them and get Bradley Chubb. And then I'm going to extend him way below what his market would be if he was a free agent. Oh, and I'm going to just deal a random fifth rounder to get a top to get a starting running back and have a two headed monster like Jeff Wilson immediately was paying dividends. Bradley Chubb, who's kind of been on a pitch count, especially against Chicago, but then he started to get a little more unleashed paying dividends. I love the way that when Chubb comes in, they can kind of move Jalen Phillips to the interior on passing downs to where they can do stuff with that and then have Phillips and Wilkins inside. You can still get Melvin Ingram out there on the field. Uh, their offensive line is improvement proving weird how that works when Liam Eikenberg isn't your left guard. Um, the guy that's coming at uh, Walt Walton, I believe the left, the new left guard. He's been really good. Uh, Taron Armstead, money well spent, dominated against the Browns. Like all of these things, Chris Greer's a G. And McDaniel's been now, McDaniel's had some moments where I'm like, eh, but schematically is where it matters. And all of those have been good. And Tua has been awesome. And Tyreek has been the best. I think Tyreek's been the best player in the league this year um, from an anywhere's perspective. Should he win MVP? No, but I think Tyreek right now should win OPOY. Uh, it's going to be him or Jefferson. And I'm okay if someone feels like it's it's the other way around, which is cool. But uh, I think Tyreek's been the best player in the league this year. Tyreek has been awesome. And listen, the Dolphins are great. People just don't want to, like I said, man, they're not aesthetically pleasing. But oh, well, they'll, they'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Offensively, I think they've got a team that can compete all the way to February. Yeah. The question marks are going to be on defense. That secondary has been so uh, so banged up. Um, getting a little healthier, but yeah. And as you said, that Browns game gave me a little hope because the weeks before, yeah, the offense is rolling, you know, putting up 30 plus, but the defense was giving up 30 plus too. Yeah. And, the lions and the bears shred them. Now here's the thing though, real quick in the lions and the bears game, especially the lions game, second half adjustments lines didn't score fourth quarter. When the bears need, when the bears were faced with gotta have it drives dolphins found a way. And then obviously they were able to get stops and pull away from the Browns. So those were some improvements I were seeing was seeing. And then the other big red flag right now for the Dolphins, Jason Sanders. <laughs> uh, the last couple of years, he's been about as close to money as you can get. But this year, I don't know what the deal is, but it's going to come down. You know, we, we talk about winning close games and things like that. 
you can't have a kicker that you can't rely on if you're going to be playing in close games. Like how 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 yeah. how heart wrenching would it be to lose a playoff game 35-32 because your kicker shit the bed, you know? Dude, if I got to go in 4 years <laughs> Cody Parkey to just to, to Sanders losing me a playoff game, I'd rather just get blown out. <laughs> I know. Honestly, right? I I would I wouldn't sleep if Sanders is the reason they lose a playoff game. Now, if they win a playoff game and then Sanders is the reason they goof it up, and eh, maybe it won't hurt as much. <laughs> but that Bears team was going to make – I don't care what anyone says. That Bears team was going to make the Super Bowl. Yep. Bite me about it. Don't the matchups were going to be there. They had already killed the Rams. Uh, huh? With Mitch Trubisky. It was lining up, and he was playing good enough. Yeah. But- the matchups, it was all about the matchups. They would have drawn the Rams, who they had already beat the brakes off of. The Saints game would have been tough, but they would have at least got to the NFC title game, which would have been, whew, I would have loved that. Uh, that I'm trying to think, was that uh, was it Minnesota that won that game because of that? Philadelphia. Okay, okay. With Foles. The, sec- yeah. the oh. year after they had the, 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 the defense year, title defense year. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, if the... If the Dolphins are the five seed and they go to like Tennessee and lose twenty-one to twenty because Sanders misses an extra point or some shit, I'm going to. You probably won't hear from me for about a month. (laughs) (sighs) Fuck. Yeah, that's that's where I feel. Um, Hopefully he hopefully he had a good bye week. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, it's weird because he's really good until he's not. Yeah, it's frustrating. Because like I think it was last year or the year before, like, dude was so accurate, didn't miss yeah. anything hardly. And then this year, it's like he'll miss an extra point and a field goal in the same game. So weird. All right, number three for me is the Cowboys. My biggest thing with them is they have now shown I'm I'm okay with moving them up, and people are gonna be like, wow, the Cowboys are three. My defense is gonna be Sunday. They showed that they can find an an extra gear. That's the biggest thing for me. What are you at your best? And am I saying their best is better than Miami's or San Francisco's or Buffalo's best? Not exactly. But for this week, I will be willing to say I move you up to I move you up to three because in my mind, you're you showed me that when you are hot like that, it can get rolling fast and you can get a lead and you have speed. With Lamb and Pollard and Dak can be dialed in and your old line can protect him. And you're when you get a lead, you let your front four defensively pin their ears back and get after dudes. Like that was impressive to me. So may I will admit, maybe moving them up to three is prisoner of the moment. But I get impressed by teams showing me that they have an extra gear. So you're raising your ceiling. Um I also think, too, their floor is pretty high as well because I don't think, barring turnovers, I think they've shown this year they have a pretty high floor Also, when you add it to their ceiling that can be pretty good, you know, um, that they just showed that they've expanded their ceiling, if that makes sense. So that's why I have them at three. I like that. Um, I think the one thing for the Cowboys, too, that I'm starting to see, when Zeke was out, Pollard was the guy in that backfield and he was rocking and rolling this week. I feel like was one of the first weeks that we got to see both of them in action. 
and it was the Pollard show for the most part. Zeke still got his touches, but it was Pollard making the most of them. And I just think as the season goes on, they might lean on him a little more. And uh, I think he gives them more explosion, explosive plays yeah. to give them better chances to win. Here's the problem that people have. People want it to be one or the other. We can just admit that both girls are pretty, Nick. It's okay. You both look good today. That's fine. All right. Um, here's the thing. Pollard is explosive, but you have Zeke who can get you short yardage stuff. He can be a change of pace, and he's the best pass blocking running back in the NFL. And so, but and people are like, people say that and they scoff. It's not like they don't put Pollard out into the formation on those third downs. They do. He's been their leading receiver for the last couple weeks. So they clearly have shown they know how to use them both. Let them both cook, man. Pollard is awesome. I was wrong. I thought he was kind of, his numbers were a little fugazi to a degree. I thought he was the benefit of some just gaping holes, but he has shown the last couple weeks. Dude's a baller. Let them both just be great. Let them both be great. It's not a quarterback. You can play both of them at the same time. Okay? Let them both be great. Let them both cook. 20 and 21 in the house. Because here's the thing. If they go all the way, they both are going to be making plays. Pollard's going to be making explosive plays. Zeke's going to continue to do the little things. I think Kellen Moore has done a great job of deploying them both. You know, throughout the season, obviously then when Zeke went down, just let Tony cook. And then yesterday... Even Zeke had his moments, too, even though Pollard obviously had the bigger plays. But that's his game. He has obviously developed into a guy. Uh, so, yeah, man, I love both of them. Who's your number three? I'm going to guess Buffalo. Yep, that's where I had the Bills, and we pretty much touched on them. I, I, The more I think about it, I think three is too high. Three, I mean, yeah, they won this week. Wasn't anything super spectacular. A couple losses in a row. Two uh, two games that could have gone either way. So being on the, you know, I don't want to ding a team too much for losing close games against not at all good teams. But you know that's that's life, and we're Dolphins yeah. fans. Well, we might knock them down a little bit, but no, I left them at three. <laughs> I, le- I put them at three just ahead of my Dolphins, and uh, I, I do still think if Josh Allen, I don't know how much that elbow is bothering him right now, but if if he gets back to a hundred percent and he gets out of this little funk. Of his, uh, you know, oh, I'm gonna throw to the the other jersey this this time. If he gets if he gets out of that, I still think they have the highest ceiling of pretty much anybody in the league. Yes, but, they absolutely do. But that floor is kind of low at times. Remember that <laughs> you're that. Hey, out of we've done a hundred minutes on this, and again, anyone who has tuned in and out, I appreciate you. I hope I, I hope you know I appreciate you for hanging out. This is the first time we've got to do this. First off, I'm I will say this live. So people even that go back to listen, uh, I apologize if I've kept you later than you would want it to. But I really do appreciate you, man. I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you're, you are too. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing this more and more between now and the end of the year. And I hope we do because this is a blast. But the ceiling and the floor thing, that's going to stick with you the rest of the year. I feel like that's if you get anything from it, they're welcome. Is. Uh, <laughs> so that's the thing. The Bills absolutely have the highest ceiling in the league. That we've seen it. We watched them blow the Rams out. We've watched them blow the Titans out. We watched them beat the Chiefs in unimpressive fashion, having things go wrong and finding a way. You know, 
We've seen those things. So that's it. We know, we know, but we've also seen them, you know, step on the rake to end both halves against Miami. We also saw them give the Jets game away, literally give the Vikings game away, you know? So that's why the ceiling and the floor, man, they're the roller coaster. Um, so we'll see. I The Bills, for me, I didn't move them down. And I had them high. I had them top two and three, all, top two all year. But I really moved them down because the way they lost the Jets in the Vikings game had to be punished, in my mind. You know, I think if you had just kept them that high still after those two games, for anybody that does it on a weekly basis, obviously you coming in here, I, I'm, I have no problem with you having them at three, obviously. But I feel like people who still were just going to keep them there, it's like you're doing a disservice. Why are you doing a weekly rankings? Well, who am what am who am I to do weekly rankings? Obviously, I'm nobody, but what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> who am I if I just still had the Bills at two, even after looking like ass against the Jets and then just giving the Vikings game away? So that was my reasoning for moving down. I think I had them down at seven last week. So that was my reasoning, and that's why I got them at six this week. But I have no issue with you having them at three by any means. Um, Number two for me is the Eagles, and then number one for me is the Chiefs. I'm assuming you got that the same way. Correct. We mentioned the Eagles, man. So impressive that they found a way, and I think that's the thing that's going to stick with me. It's going to stick with me the rest of the year because, it again, not to turn this into a ceiling and floor show, but uh, <laughs> we're turning into contractors. Uh, it Again, that raises their ceiling a little bit. Knowing that, knowing you have that in you, right? The NFL is all about problem solving and answering questions. Well, we had a question answered. We know when it, when you need it, you've shown you can. So at least we know it's there. Um, so equals it two for me. Hopefully, you know, the biggest thing is getting Jordan Davis back, adding that defensive line. So the running game, I'm impressed that they weren't, I knew it wouldn't happen, but it looked like early that they were, the Colts were going to be able to move the ball up front. It looked like they were pushing them around a bit, and then the Eagles bowed up, so that was good. Uh, they only gave up like 80 yards to Taylor uh, in that game on the ground. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with how they answered the bell when needed, and those are the types of things that I had been waiting for from Philadelphia, uh, and we saw it. Now, I will say this. Go out Sunday, and we the Packers are toast. Anybody who continues to think they have a shot, obviously we didn't even keep it in the realm of possibility. I think it's nuts, but go out on go out next Sunday and bury the Packers. Take their take their soul because I think they can. They have the style to to blow their doors off at home. That place is going to be nuts, especially considering the last time it happened or that they were at home, they got beat. Place is going to be buzzing. A Sunday night game. I think Eagles big could be the bet of the week next week. I'm looking back at the Eagles in the last basically two months. It's been all close games outside of the Steelers game. Beat the Cowboys by nine. I think you're right. This is a this is a big week for the Eagles to not just get a win, but get a convincing win. Go out there, make a statement. It's a great matchup for them too. Yeah, 
because uh th- that Packers run defense, I don't I I think it's pretty suspect. I don't think it's anything uh, that they can't handle. I think um, we talked a little bit about it with the with the Titans game. They didn't need Henry to run that much because Tannehill was balling, throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I and actually, you look at the the Eagles. They're kind of in in some ways they've got some similar things they do in terms of um, you know. One has AJ Brown and one used to. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing in that matchup yeah. is going to be they're going to get the Packers running all over the place, not knowing where to go. I think they're finally going to be able to play with a lead again against Green Bay. That's going to be the biggest thing. Sunday, I think for the Eagles could be the. Hey, let us remind you why we started undefeated. Like this Sunday is going to be there. Y'all must have forgot game. I think. Yeah. Two shaky games. You lose one. You find a way to win another. They're going to be dialed in, and I think they're going to roll Green Bay. And if for some reason they don't, I think the Eagles might be it, – it might be an interesting next month if they don't go out and roll this weekend. Yeah, because they do have the Giants twice, twice in three weeks. They play Dallas again. So it can get a little weird, right? But we'll see. And I think you said, too, they got, they got the Titans – yeah, I'm not mistaken. In two weeks. Yeah, December fourth. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that 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 seems like a fun matchup to me. Two teams that run the ball really well. The AJ Brown Bowl. Yeah. Wouldn't you know he's going to want to go uh, off. Wouldn't it be something if you know Burks just has a day? Titans win the game. That's so Mike Rabel, though. They just wave at AJ across the field. <laughs> That's so Titans, man. <laughs> I'm going to bet live line now. Titans plus whatever the hell they're going to be dogs by. Going back to that Titans-Chiefs game, like the Titans were practically tying up Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. Like They would tackle him. They would do literally everything that they could to and without drawing a flag. I think they give AJ Brown that treatment just so... To take him out and make make Devonte Smith beat you, and and make them run into your defensive line with with Sanders, and make Hertz run the ball, but just don't let don't let Brown beat you. That's that. I mean, we're foreshadowing like a mug, mug here, but that o, Philly O line versus Tennessee D line in thirteen days. Ooh, baby, give it to me. Or no, that's a Thursday nighter, ain't it? Uh, no, Sunday, Sunday it's the fourth, Sunday, Sunday game. Okay. I don't know. Heck, heck, that that seems like a flexible game to Sunday night. I don't think. I don't know. if I doubt it will be, but no. But that it'll be great. That game, regardless, will be great. Uh, and then obviously we have the Chiefs at one. We mentioned the inevitability. Um, you just run out of superlatives. The the issues you still have. Obviously, they struggle in one on ones. If Mike Williams plays more, who knows? Like maybe that game. Is a little different, maybe. I don't know. Like, obviously, without Williams, they, the Chargers just refuse to try to take shots down the field. But we'll see. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and I think Mahomes should win MVP. I think he's clearly been the best quarterback in the league this year. And we're rewriting the narratives. We're rewriting the history with that dude. And on a weekly basis, they show no matter what, it's so hard to put them out, but their ceiling is a bit lower than some years. 
But right now they've proven that they've been the best and most consistent team this year. That's been the biggest thing. That's why they're number one. They have been the most consistent team. Even in their two losses, the stupid game against the Colts, and then that Bills game. The Bills game was a coin flip game, and the Bills and Chiefs are both awesome. But that's the thing. You got three teams, I think, at the top of the AFC in the Bills, Dolphins, and Chiefs. And guess what, guys? They're all really awesome. They're really good. And then we'll see. After that, gets a little weird and hectic. Titans are really good, too. But the Ravens are somewhere in the mix, somewhere, you know. I don't really know about them yet, but we'll see. But yeah, Chiefs at one was this weekend. I think that game was weird. I did not see that game being thirteen to three. Or yeah, that was, was odd. That was odd. Ravens are weird, man. Yeah. So all right, uh, I have Chiefs one, Eagles two, Cowboys three, Dolphins fourth, Niners fifth, Bills six, Titans seven, Vikings eight. You had Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Cowboys, Niners, Titans, Vikings. We did good there. Eight. We were we were together on five of the eight. Our Niners, Cowboys, Bills was a little mixed up, but we we had the same eight. Got a little weird in the midsection, right after, right before Thanksgiving. It's going to get a little weird on Thursday too. Right in the midsection. Yep. So, yeah, we had fun today. We had fun today. Any any last redeem redeemable quotes before we go to bed? I guess. Will you go to bed? I'm probably going to be up for another hour still to unwind. Finally. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Any last thoughts? Uh, Miami should roll this weekend over Houston. And if they don't, it'll be very, very, very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Win by at least like eight. Yeah. You know, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be another Mostert Wilson day. Yeah. The tight, the Texans can't stop the run for shit. No. So, so it'll be fun. Won. Uh, had a had a good weekend sports betting. We'll try to do it again next week. <laughs> better than better than my predictions. We need to bounce back. What the sinister six was sad. The sad six this week. But hey, for those that watched the live show on Sunday and Nick, you weren't there. We gave out a we gave out a plus nine hundred quarterback parlay for for free, baby. Uh, <laughs> the anytime touchdown fields uh, Lamar Jalen prop uh, got sketchy, but then Jalen walked it off for us. Gotta love it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll mention this. I had a nice win on Thursday night. I did a stepped up same game parlay on DraftKings. They do a basically do a promo where if you do a 10 leg same game parlay, <laughs> they will, they'll double your odds. So you can stack it with like a bunch of minus 2000 legs. Stuff oh, okay. You get. So like in that Packers Titans game, some of the easy legs I had included like Packers over 13 and a half Titans over nine and a half just to get to 10 legs for the full boost. But by the end of it, I'm looking at a plus 2200 same game parlay. You got a Derrick Henry touchdown, uh-huh. Christian Watson touchdown. And then everything hits. And then um, with three minutes left in the game, I still needed one Titan sack and I needed Christian Watson to get to 39 and a half yards. He was sitting at about 30. Yeah, because it's two. He had only like two catches until those last drives, and they were both touchdowns. Yeah. So on that last Packers drive, I'm needing a sack and 10 yards from Watson. Second down, Rodgers gets sacked. 
And then on third down and 19, he throws it 18 yards to Watson mm-hmm. to hit my parlay for me. That's lovely. Plus 2,200. <laughs> and it came down to the wire. Back-to-back plays. My last two legs had to hit. It was fun. It's also a risk-free. So, like, you throw 10 bucks on it. And if you lose, you get a free $10 bet back. So, I'm like, this, I'm going to get crazy here. And uh, you did. And you got I'd crazy with that one. I hit a similar one on Sunday with a little less drama in the Bears Bears game. The the two touchdowns that I bet in that one were, uh, let me think here, uh, Fields uh-huh. and Patterson, and they went back to back, back to back plays. <laughs> yeah, the craziest thing about that is Patterson. They were talking about Patterson fumbling. And then he got the ball literally at the five. And I was like, he's probably going to fucking house this. And right as he hit the hole, I'm like, oh, he's gone. And he yeah. just, went, see ya. Well, yeah. Good for him. It, yeah, it was a good Bears. He's a free agent. Please. Bears, <laughs> please. Luke, Get- I, I, Luke Getzey struggled in some passing game stuff this year. But most of the stuff he's done is great. I need Getzey to coach Cordero Patterson. Please get him back. It'd be so much fun. Please. Those are the the fun wins of the the degenerates of the week. They're degenerates, brother. If there's any <laughs> D word that we are, it's degenerates. <laughs> Thanks a lot, my man. I had fun. Absolutely. And go other D word, Dolphins. Damn straight, Skippy. All right. This has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. As always, uh, that's Nick. Not as always, but I'm sure as more you'll see him. I'm Joe. Uh, as always, if you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. We will see you, Jesus Christ, I don't know, maybe if I'm frisky Thursday morning, but God, it's going to be a busy day. You might see me on Facebook doing some live stuff, eating turkey like, bet the Cowboys minus nine, like something like that on Thursday, midday. We'll see. We'll get weird, but that's when we see me. Thanks again to Nick. Thank anybody who interacted live, watched it all live. Or listen to the podcast because I know people are going to listen to that on Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. We will see you next time. Till then, peace.